Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 64 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Uh, I, I've got the, the, uh, the, the gravelly voice of uh, someone that's been out singing to, uh, to Australian punk rock bands from listened to from 20 years ago out at the Pally Bar at Frankston. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton and uh, bringing, the, bringing the sultry sound, the, uh, the, the, much, the much more dulcet tones. It's Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going, mate? Good, Robbie. You have definitely been belting those tunes, mate. That's, oh, a, that's a gravelly voice. The first two bands last night were horrific, but the second two, the two are actually there to see. They were awesome. It was um, you know, a body jar and 28 days bands I used to go and see back 20 years ago. So it was, uh, yeah, and, and 28 days being Frankston boys uh, was a hometown gig for them. So so uh, needless to say that the uh, the crowd were going a little bit bananas for it. But um, it was funny. There was, um, you know, it's funny when you see people trying to sort of relive their youth. So there's, um, you know, back when these guys played back in the 90s. Are you, are you talking about yourself? Mate, and myself, yeah, 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 in particular. Um, uh, so, yeah, there'd be mosh pits, right? Yeah, and so people going around and going around in circles and jumping over each other. It's really funny seeing mid forty year old guys, you know, in crowd surfing. Yeah, yeah, trying to crowd surf. <laughs> they're there in their plaid pants and their, uh, you know, and their and their nice sensible shoes. Iron their, free chinwa, yeah, chinwa pants. Yeah, yeah, their cargo pants. Like they're just throwing themselves <laughs> around at each other. There's this one dude that's turned up. With a mohawk, right? Yeah, and so so the, the full on mohawk, he's got it up and it's dyed and all that sort of stuff. But I felt really sorry for him because I think mohawks, when they came up in the original punk movement, it must have been before air conditioning actually came into venues because this guy was standing right under the air conditioner. And so his poor big mohawk's gone over on like a 45 degree angle. So, yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty, that, pretty spectacular. That might be the, the mohawk guy it ringing might, now, might be, mate. might be the mohawk guy there. Yeah, someone's gone. I don't even know the number. There He's, you go. Don't they know we're recording, <laughs> Lewis? You know, what's going on? Phone's off. Phone's off. Phone's off now. Don't, yeah. we, have, don't we have a rule that you have to do a nudie run or? On Instagram, well, I think you, I think there's just a fines uh, a fine system. There's so you just got to put two dollars in the in the phone jar. So you have to you have to join up to Patreon yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Your yeah, rings. yeah, for the two dollars a month. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this poor punk dude, he's running around with his um with, with his hair, and so everyone's going, "Oh, your hair looks great." I'm looking at it going, "You probably used, should use a little bit more mousse in that, mate, to try and overcome the uh, the air conditioning." Do you think it's sort of uh, uh, um, indicative of maybe his life? You know, like so he's obviously when he was younger, the 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 mohawk was stiff and really you know. Standing up firm, yeah. But as his age, things have started to, you know, just sort of settle down, and maybe just start drooping a little bit. You well, well, there are treatments for that, you know, for for fellas of his age, if things start to. I think it was more uh, like um, advanced hair, you think? Sort advanced, of thing? But possibly, yes, yeah, yeah yes. I think that, yeah. Or something squirt up the nose, maybe, <laughs> or a little blue pill. Um, <laughs> friend, friend, friend of the show, Dr. Clint Udelman came in to do an ultrasound for us during the week, um, and diagnosed pulmonary hypertension in a dog. Ah. Um, it was on, it was on my day off, and so when I got back in there on Wednesday, um, Patricia, our vet, said, oh, do we have any of this medication, sildenafil? And I've gone, do you know what that is, Patricia? She's gone, no. I said, go and have a look it up in the uh, in the drugs book. And she's gone, and I look at her, 
Viagra. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you know, that's the uh, that's the thing, you know. So we've got to try and work out how we get. So I, she said, where do we get that from? Well, well, I'll tell you what, she could just go through a spam on her emails and she'd probably be able to source it there. Yeah, that's what I said. Haven't you seen all those ads for the Canadian, cheap, cheap Canadian drugs that you get in your spam <laughs> folder? So just send that, send, forward those onto the owner and say, here you go, you can pick it up from Canada really cheap apparently. So Fantastic. <laughs> What's been happening down your neck of the woods, Mark? Oh, look, not, not much. Uh, we, um, well... We do, I was having a bit, a bit of a chat to Carl, one of one of our vets this week, yes. and given your gravelly voice, it's really really interesting. He reckons that we should do a one of the uh, you know the ASMR type well, type shows. I've I've heard of what does it stand for? So like the AMS, a, a, ASMR, it's oh, is it autonomous sensory meridian response? Oh wow! So right it's where it's a big movement on YouTube, right? But basically, it's about people uh, uh, having sounds and. Uh, and whispering and accents, um, and and it causes a sedative sensation, begins on the scalp and moves down the body like a massage, a brain massage, they call it. Really? So it's on YouTube. It's a massive movement. It's basically people just talking in whispers. Really? Yeah. That's a bit... uh, So maybe... It's a bit spooky. We could do a whole show on ASMR. Is anyone getting tingles at all? <laughs> Maybe I need to put more of an accent into it, like, oh, Mrs. Jones, now, with your dog Fluffy, I'm going to check their nails <laughs> and then their anal glands. Oh, could you, yeah, I was going to say, could you do it with, um, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it with the, uh, the, the low whispering, sultry voice. Whispering, 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 yes. You could do it as well, where we yeah. have sound effects and you say, when your dog scoots its bum along the carpet, does it sound like this? And just sort of go like this. Go. Yeah, or this. <laughs> or something like that. It's a bit I, odd. Yeah, this is a bit weird. It's, it's a little bit weird. But this is, has this for a comment. Basically, it feels like the amazing chills you get when someone plays with your hair or traces with your back with their fingertips says, Heather Feather. Heather Feather, a popular ASMR artist with nearly four hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. Wow! Well, there's something in it. She got a lot more than us, so it, I think we should probably listen. I to think her so. Let's, let's, we could do some consults. Consults, yeah, ASMR consults. ASMR consults, I reckon, or maybe just just me just having. I might just have a bit of my coffee. Let me just have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? Oh, that, that, that? That sounded great. Get a tingle. I might, I, I might. I might just drop drop some water into this bucket here next to me. Love it, mate. How's that? Very, yeah, nice. We could we could do some like a like maybe like a bit of the noise of maybe some surgery we're doing or something. This is the scalpel blade, you know, like yeah, no. <laughs> like like this. Let's do some surgery. <laughs> that was Robbie's jacket. Casey, okay, so I thought go. that yeah. was a different zipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my zip's not that long <laughs> on my shorts. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So there we go, guys. Well, nice. yeah, if you want us to do an ASMR episode, send us in to my Yeah, ears. let us get, get on to us. And, uh, well, you, you could probably do it of, of like, you know, um, the sound of patting a cat and then having the cat purring. Yeah. It'd be like that cat music stuff that we listened to the couple of weeks yes. ago. And we could do it with like a backing soundtrack wonder, as well. I wonder if we could do one for cats and dogs. Well, there you go. A yeah. special ASMR episode just for your cat and dog. The, sa- the sounds of dogs chewing their food. Yeah, or licking themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the sound of a dog with dermatitis chewing its feet. 
That'd be great. I don't Licking think that, I, don't, I don't think that'd lead a, let a, a a nice warm washing feeling go down the back of anyone that's dogs actually got dermatitis. And it'd probably just be oh, it'd be like fingernails down a blackboard. That they're going oh no oh no sit there where they're chewing their feet. This is your cat licking themselves at midnight on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of your dog chasing a possum. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, good now, stuff. Now, 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 yes, go go. Instead of that. I guess if we the tingling's not working, we, what what could we give the animals, mate, to to give them a bit of a tingle? You reckon? Oh, maybe we could use a little bit of Zilkeen yeah. to try and help them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that could be the ASMR. You could see the sound of the opening up of the container. You know, pushing down the non the 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 childproof container, twisting it to the left in order to lift out the great blue capsules. The sound of the the, the two capsule ends yeah. just opening up ever so gently. The sound of the powder just gently falling. Like like autumn leaves, just onto the food of a food that we don't mention anymore. Uh, you know. <laughs> and then and then giving it to your dog, yeah. and then having your dog just eat it up because you know that there's a thunderstorm coming and that it's, she's going to get really stressed. So you've given her two capsules just to really help out. So you know that that sort of thing. You think we could do something like that? Oh, I think so. We need to get a sample in and do that. Yeah, Great yeah. idea, I reckon. Yeah. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. So thank you to Zilkeen for your support. Yes. And also thanks to our Patreon supporters. Absolutely, yes. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on Patreon now. Every, every week we're putting up some Q&A. Serious content on there now, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, if you if you want to get aboard, you want to be part of that, you want to support us. Yes. Because basically our Patreon supporters, they pay for us to uh, host the host the podcast. Yep, yep. Um, and put it on the website and keep it all together. So without you guys, the podcast would not exist or me and Robbie would be broke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's the hosting fees for the website. Yeah. It's the um, it's the equipment we got to buy. It's the uh, yeah the stuff we, we need to try and help to do it. But I mean, we're happy sort of doing it and putting our time in, but uh, it just helps to... What? But, uh, hey, uh, yeah. hey, what? <laughs> It helps to have us run at a um, at only a very small loss rather than actually at a at a, at a complete loss. But helps anyway. to justify to our partners the hours we spend on it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on a on a Saturday. On a when, Sat- yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you mean you're going in the middle of that? Well, sorry, we've got to go and record. You know, we've got to do it. We've got to go and get one done. The so. listeners demand it. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, actually, speaking of the listeners, charts, yes. mate. We got uh, highest. We've been for a long time on the charts. We're up to number thirty-four yeah. on the iTunes chart this week. Wow, that's yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's doing all right. Might be the constipation episode, mate. Really, oh, maybe. Really raised us up the charts. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah everyone's sitting there uh, listening to us, trying to help them to go, trying to get some colonic <laughs> movement, trying to get some peristalsis happening. You reckon, Lewis? Oh, they're they're asleep. They're asleep. Oh, quite it's possibly like ASMR yeah. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to everyone that downloaded and got us into bio. No, thirty-seven. That's Th- right. Thirty-four, mate. Th- Thirty-four. Don't Undercut it. Don't, don't undersell us. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it was the last episode we did was on cognitive dysfunction. Yes. We might have been that one on Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, and I actually um then for my uh, for my newspaper articles I've been doing for the leader I actually um uh, got used used Disha. Did you? Know? you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Good. so that's on the uh, that's going to be out in the newspapers. Apparently they're putting me into like you know, seven of the local newspapers around in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. So fantastic. You know, I, I was a little bit disappointed last week because I. They dropped me down to page five. But now I'm back to page three again. Page so three. Page right. three. They, they, they've, they've said that they want to come and take some more recent photos of me, though, which I don't oh. know if I'm all that happy with because all the ones of when I, they've got from when it's seven, eight years ago, full head of hair and young <laughs> and vibrant. Was it, you know, 
I thought, sort of go, but don't you want to just keep using the ones you got on fire? Do you, you really want to get any new ones? You, you don't think that being page three, mate, isn't there, didn't there used to be a certain type of photo on some... Oh, the page three girls? Pa- yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that, over in England that, and so, stuff. But now it's you. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and, they're, and they want to come do some new f- shots of new you, New shots mate. with dogs and cats. Right. I don't know if I can get Big Sexy over from America, though. <laughs> you know, so you can sort of get, get your doppelganger over from the firefighters. Big Rosie or, or will or do. right up. Yeah, Big yeah. Rosie across the shoulders, Just mate. Just Rosie across there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, yeah. that's good stuff, mate. I love it. Yeah, Melvin, Melvin would be just be as calm as just draped over my shoulders like a big fur coat. Yeah, Parker, not so much. Not so much. Not no, so no. much. No. <laughs> All righty. Good stuff. All right, mate. Now, anything in the news? You got anything this well, week? Well, actually, go? I wanted to... Um, so, so we need to try and have a little edit point in here because um, I'm going to say this. I had a funny thing happen this week, but we just need to have a plenty way of being able to cut it out if you deem it inappropriate. Because Christine said, talk to Lewis about it and say, I said, no, 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 we'll talk about it on the pod and then cut it out. For Sounds you good. To. We normally do that. So, so had a... Um, a lady, a girl, come in with her two cats uh, dur- during the week, and um, uh, she was she's Chinese, um, and one of the cats' name is Miso, right? And so, um, and so Miso, uh, Miso and Goma, beautiful little cats, just in for their vaccination, terrific. Um, did Goma? Goma was fine. Uh, then it was Miso's turn. Gave Miso the injection, and Miso sort of jumped a little bit, and I, I was on the tip of my tongue. I was about to go, "Oh, Miso, sorry," <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't say it, Lewis. Right. So what I want to what I want to try and work out, right? Is it bad that I thought of it, or is it good that I thought of it but that I didn't say it? You know. Well, like, well until now. Until now, and put it out into this most yeah. published so public of. You could have said it to one person who might. May or may not have understood it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But no, you decided to say our, our thousands of listeners. Yeah, but then it's not content though. You know <laughs> that that one person. You know she's she, she's you know, she's not one of the listeners. You know, but this is this is part of it. So so what do well, you? She reckon? might be. Well, she may be now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit culturally insensitive. Well, but, but that's the thing. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah, you know? good. I, I held I held it back. You know yeah. because I, I sort of like was about to say it and then I got. No, no, that is, that's no good. Yeah. I mean, a cute, real cute name for a cat. I came home and I told Christina, I said, oh, you know, so, so I saw this cat and, you know, his name was me. So she got, that's a really cute name for a cat. It is a cute name for a cat. But then, you know, when I gave it the injection, it jumped a little bit. She got, well, I'll be good on you for not saying it. I said, well, thank you. But, you know. <laughs> it's good you got a filter on there, mate. A filter on there, yeah, I think, yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it in. I think that's well, fine. No, run yeah. it past Deb. Deb's the other, uh, the other, you know, filter. She, she's the one that, uh, you know, can, can be the final judge, your final judicator. Sometimes she's got some good ideas, yes. yes yeah, often, yeah. often. Often, often. Yeah, more yeah. often than not, So there definitely. you go. So, so I, uh, oh, I think that's all right, mate. I've I managed, managed so. to put the brakes on there, you know, before <laughs> I sort of shot myself in the foot too oh, much, which is good. I reckon we do that all the time. Yeah. Well, bad enough the number of times where you got a dog that comes in that's named Bruce and you go oh so what's wrong with him it's actually a girl and you go oh yeah I hadn't actually got to that part of the uh, examination yet so you know <laughs> thanks for telling me you know? oh, I had one the other day I uh, was a, a client that came in and oh there's something wrong with the dog I think I had an eye problem and I was like I rang the eye specialist in the consult to yeah. try and get the, the dog in really really easy and I had the wrong file up on the computer. Yeah, right. So I go, so what's the dog's name? You know, what sort of dog is it? I go, oh, yeah, whatever. And then I obviously wasn't listening. And I've gone, yep, it's a boy. It's a girl dog or or something. And he's gone, no, no, it's a boy. And I've gone, oh, of course. Yeah, it's, it's a boy. He's gone, 
didn't you notice that thing between its legs when you're examining it? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. I just had the wrong file. And I was like, oh, sorry, yeah, not so. Yeah, that's all changed that. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to uh, make an assumption of what your dog's gender was, mate. That's all, because it's 2019. Well, it's hard to ask them, isn't it, these no, it days? Is. Yes. Yeah, it's very difficult. I tried to ask him, and all he does is he just tried to lick my face, which I thought was inappropriate. <laughs> it's so. very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get any more, uh, touch any more. Uh, any, any more racy things. <laughs> yes, that's all right. Inappropriate things. Inappropriate let's let's things. move on, mate. You got, yeah, uh, you got? I got a. Um, this is about um, a luxury a cat food yeah. um, that's recently had a, had a um, been withdrawn from the market. So I think it's in America it's occurred. Right. Uh, a gourmet cat food sparked an outbreak of deadly strain of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Yeah, which affect around fifty animals and at least two of their owners. Far out. Unfortunately, I think one cat actually passed away. So the brand of food, and if you've got this at home, I would suggest you don't feed it anymore to your cats. Um, it's uh, Natural Instincts Wild Venison Product. Um, the Natural Wild Venison Cat Food was recalled nationwide by Natural Instinct, Instinct, which marketed it as a healthier option to regular pet food. Ooh. Mm. The Marketing. Move- Marketing, yeah. you don't actually have to be able to stand by it. All you got to do is just be able to put stuff out, you know, put stuff out there, don't you? Mm. The move came after veterinary science at the University of Edinburgh began looking into why dozens of cats have been struck by bovine tuberculosis. Wow. The, the issue first came to light when six cats were taken to separate vet practices across England. Tests confirmed they are infected with bacteria, which usually cause TB in cattle, but can also infect other animals such as rodents and deer. Hence yeah. the venison product, yeah, I guess. Wow. A further seven cats living in the same households were also found to be infected. All of the animals were indoor cats, meaning they could not have passed the infection through contact with wildlife or livestock. Gee whiz. So imagine that, indoor cats catch a, a virile case of TB. That is insane. Uh, we found circumstantial evidence that these cases of TB in cats were linked to a particular brand of raw food diet. Ah. So back on the raw issue, the, you know, I guess yep. if it was cooked venison, it's going to be okay. Not all the animals that are infected with the bacteria will develop the disease, but we can encourage owners with concerns about their pets to get them checked by their local vet. And just so everyone knows, I'm pretty sure this is in the UK. I think this one, I'm just trying to go through it. Yeah, it is in the yeah. UK. But I imagine if you've got this product at home and you're anywhere else, I don't know if it's available in Australia. No, no. Don't. Just stop feeding it. That's nuts. So Natural Instinct, which recall... Oh, they the probably wouldn't let it into Australia because it's um, because of it being raw food and they wouldn't allow raw food in yeah. to Australia without that, quarantine. That's probably. a really good point, yeah. Living in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Natural Instinct, which recalled the product last December, stated on its website that it stopped selling the product immediately after being informed by the Food Standards Agency of the problem of lack of inspection. Yeah, right. And there you go. Spokesman of the company, we can assure our customers that Natural Instinct followed and continues to follow every food standard, hygiene regulation and best practice required to produce raw pet food in the commercial marketplace. Okay. Well, I guess the thing is then is where does the actual yeah? So they might they might take all the all the care once it's actually in the factory, but where does the beast come from? You know, if it's if it is venison, you know, is it one that's actually been farmed, or if it's wild, then you may have more chance that you're going to have um, tuberculosis there. Did they say what the clinical signs were that the cats had? Like, was it? Um, respiratory or gastrointestinal or... Uh, no, it doesn't seem to. I imagine yeah. it'd be respiratory, coughing and stuff. Yeah. Probably. Well, that's what TB normally affects the lungs, doesn't it? So Well, well, that, well that, that form does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't tend to see a lot of it to know, do we, no, ourselves? No. no, there's no mention of, of signs. But anyway, if you've been feeding that product, I'll probably go and chat to your vet, I reckon. That's nuts. Yeah, isn't it? Tuberculosis isn't it? in cats. Yeah, far out. Yeah, that, that, 
You know, that, that wouldn't have been on my differential no, list. No, it wouldn't no. be, would it? Coughing cat. Yeah, start with a simple. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, anyone. So if you've got the Natural Instincts wild venison product, I would uh, uh, throw it away or take it back to where you bought it and get a refund. Oh, there you go. Also, and, and speaking of cats and, and raw food... Um, there's been, uh, you know, and, and the UK as well. There's a very UK-centric one. You know, re, uh, this week, uh, Theresa May, the Prime Minister, has stood down because, you know, she just can't make Brexit happen. So she's gone, right, stick it up your bum, I'm out of here. But there's been an awful lot of then, um, or still still some uh, coverage on the on 10 Downing Street's cat, Larry the Cat. Oh, yes. And so I thought I'd do a little bit of a little bit of a deep dive on on what Larry is and what happens. And so Larry, as it turns out, actually has an official title. He is known as the Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office. Right. So so it is an actual appointed thing by oh, the goodness. by the Prime Minister. So I thought I'd go through and find out five things that you didn't know about the Chief Mouser of the Cabinet Office. So first thing, history. So only four cats, Humphrey, Sybil, Larry and Freya, have been given the title officially. The other cats were given this title affectionately, usually by the press. But the cats that have been the main mouses for 10 Downing Street, they've been, there's, there's recorded of what all their names have been since the 1920s. Wow. So it's actually been going back for quite a long time. Because um, uh, it turns out that there's, you know, all these... Dirty, horrible, you know, skiving little things running around at uh, at Ten Downing Street, and there's also you know rats and mice too. Um, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. There you go. Um, so now the longest serving uh, uh, member of the uh, the Chief Mouser Brigade, um, the the cat with the longest known tenure of Downing uh, at Downing Street is Wilberforce, who served for 13 years under Edward Heath, Harold Wilson, Jim Callaghan, and Margaret Thatcher. So he outlined four prime ministers. Um, the policemen that were on security duty at the front door of number 10 had instructions to ring the bell for Wilberforce whenever he wanted to come indoors. So that's the thing of where you've got the policeman standing out the outside, cat wants to come in, ring the bell, in comes the cat. Love it. Now, uh, with Wilberforce, according to Bernard Ingham, who was the former press secretary to Margaret Thatcher, Wilberforce was a normal cat, just a normal cat, for whom Thatcher once bought a tin of sardines in a Moscow supermarket. So that must have been during the Cold War because, you know, that was, you know, around the time of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and Iron Wall and all that sort of stuff. Went and bought him home some sardines from uh, from, from Russia. From Russia. Are they especially Russia known for their sardines? What's yeah, the deal there? Not, not sure, but I'm sure there would have been some Russian people around that time who wouldn't have mind having the uh, the tin of sardines. I think they were going fairly hungry at that time. Um, now, uh, interestingly enough, Ingham, um, who was allergic to cats and did his best to avoid, avoid Wilberforce, was quoted as, bloody Wilberforce used to sit under my desk and I would have a fit of sneezing. I hate cats, he said. Mm, okay. So there you go. Right. So, now, so now it's time to have a talk about the current incumbent. So that's Larry. In January of 2011, rats were... So there had been a period of about 10 years where there hadn't been a chief mouser. So rats were seen in Downing Street scurrying across the steps of Number 10 Downing Street for the second time during a TV news report. Uh, there being no incumbent chief mouser at that time, the Prime Minister's spokesman said there were no plans for a cat to be brought in to tackle the problem. However, the following day, newspapers reported that the spokesman had said that there was a pro-cat faction within Downing Street, leading to speculation that a replacement might indeed be brought in to deal with the problem. Then on the 14th of February, 
uh, it was reported that a cat called Larry had been brought in to address the problem. Right. So then it was time for Larry. Where'd we, they get Larry from? Man? So they got him from um, RSPCA. Yep. Yeah, yeah, went, went and picked him up. Um, within a month of his arrival at Downing Street, anonymous sources described Larry as having a distinct lack of killer instinct. <laughs> He made his first kill a mouse on the 22nd of April 2011. So been, he'd been in there for two months. It's been him. documented. His first kill. Your first it, kill. That's he's right. like the yeah. Secret Service. He's got the double O. He's got the double O. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got his first little patch on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first little tear under his eye, under his isn't it? Eye, yes. Isn't that it? That he's made his first kill? <laughs> little tear tattoo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fifth yeah. when he goes to prison so he can look really tough. Yeah, he goes back to the RSPCA to the other cats. Oh, hang on. you got to avoid this guy, Larry. Look at him. Larry's yeah. king of the prison. Prisoner of wars. He's, 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 got, he's got blood on his body's paws, does Larry. <laughs> uh, later that year, it was revealed that he spends more time sleeping than hunting for mice and shares the company of a female cat, Maisie. Mm-hmm. So I think he was more and more worried about the ladies than what he was about <laughs> the mice. Yeah, a little bit of JFK to him rather than worrying about getting the job done. Well, he's full up on sardines from Moscow, and so he's. Uh, so well, that, well, that was that was uh, that was Will before. I don't before reckon there were any left over. I, I don't think there was any left over. Oh. There might have been a little on the stinky because yeah. Margaret Thatcher finished off uh, quite a few years before then, before Larry's time. <laughs> but it was a tin. Tins yeah, last well, a long tin, time. They might have lasted a while. Might have right. been a big tin. <laughs> um, at one point in 2011, mice were so endemic in Downing Street that the Prime Minister resorted to throwing a fork at one during a cabinet dinner. <laughs> All the while, Larry hanging around doing nothing. Uh, on the 28th of August 2012, Larry made his first public kill, dropping his prey on the lawn in front of number 10. Uh, Larry was almost fired from his position in 2012 when he failed to react to a mouse spotted in David Cameron's study. (laughs) So David Cameron, former Prime Minister, freaking out that there's a mouse in his study and Larry... Could not give us stuff. Was it was David? Was he up on the desk? And, oh my god! Oh my god! Yes! It's a mouse! It's a mouse! Um, his lack of killer instinct also earned him the nickname of Lazy Larry by the tabloid press. Yep. Um, well, and, and possibly also Leisure Suit Larry, leisure given suit his Larry life back for the then. ladies. Yeah, because he's because he's with him his lady friend Maisie. Yeah. Um, now in October 2013, Larry caught four mice in two weeks, and one staff member rescued a mouse from his clutches. So he must have thought that things were in a bit of uh, in a bit of trouble. Because um, you know, later on, David Cameron was getting ready to uh, getting ready to get rid of him. So, uh, uh, so with politicians, his interactions with politicians. So David Cameron has said that Larry was a bit nervous around men, speculating that since Larry was a rescue cat, this may have been due to negative experiences in the past, or David Cameron squealing at really high pitch when there was a mouse in his study, <laughs> and Larry wouldn't get him. But Cameron mentioned that Barack Obama um, uh, is an apparent exception to this fear. He said, funnily enough, he liked Obama. Obama gave him a stroke and he was all right with Obama. So there you go. Larry the Cat, fan of, of Barack Obama. Wow. So Larry hung around despite, even if there was a change of government... Yes. Went from one side to the other. They still they, they clean out the whole cabinet, yep. but they've kept Larry. Kept Larry. So he could be a spy. Well, he could be yeah. between, between the different factions. What, what if what if that, that tin of sardines that came back from Moscow... If it was bugged. They'd put a bug in one of the sardines and he's eating it and he's carrying the bug the whole time. Well, again, it, it'd want to, it, if it, it'd have to be... Well, and because there's been plenty of uh, you know, speculation of Russian operatives you know, taking things over and... and imp, you know, Poisoning, yeah, you know, umbrellas. Uh, they could, they could have done it with to uh, to the cats yeah. as well. My goodness, it'd be quite muffled though, wouldn't it? In your stomach, it'd be, it'd be like an ASMR the whole time, going, yeah. <laughs> 
What are they saying now? We don't. I don't know anything, don't know. comrade. I can't <laughs> work it out. <laughs> Ah, uh, Larry's obviously happy. He's happy again, yes, yeah. because he's just still asleep. <laughs> um, now, uh, in September 2013, tensions were reportedly growing between Cameron and Larry. It was reported that Cameron objected to cat hair on his suit oh. and that the smell of cat food had to be disguised by air freshener when Downing Street had visitors. <laughs> right. What, so, what are those used dry food? Well, maybe Sardines they, do stink. Maybe if they stopped feeding him cat food, maybe then he'd actually be more interested in trying to chase the mice too. Just saying. Um, the Camerons were said not to like Larry amid suggestions that the pet was a public relations prop. Cameron posted to Twitter saying that he and Larry got on perfectly well. Boo hiss. Thank you very much, David Cameron. That's even worse than my uh, yeah, the, my dad jokes. Oh, that's lovely. Um, that's nevertheless, bookmakers Ladbrokes made Cameron the odds-on favourite to leave Downing Street first with Larry as a 6-4 to four outsider. <laughs> So you could bet on who was going to leave first. Exactly, yeah. And um, obviously, but, but when leaving office in 2016, Cameron spoke of his sadness that he could not take Larry with him. But he explained during his final Prime Minister's questions in 2016 that Larry is a civil servant and not personal property, so would not leave Downing Street after a change of Premier. And the Labor Party confirmed that in the event of a Labor government, Labor would uh, Larry would remain as uh, as Chief Mouser. So he's a chattel. He's a chattel. Uh, he is, he he's is a, a chattel of yes. 10 downing but interestingly right larry doesn't have it his own way right so this is the this is the fifth one so cat battles in 2012 a civil servant george osborne was reunited with his long lost cat freya who moved into 10 downing street as well now freya and larry were reported to have rapidly established cordial relations but it turns out that freya's no Maisie. although the two cats had been uh, because the two cats had been seen fighting freya was reported to be more dominant cat and a more effective mouser and reportedly because of her day of reportedly because of her days as a stray had hardened her so that's the reason why they had two appointed mouses at the time so larry had been there for a couple of years wasn't getting the job done freya came in and then started getting the job done but then freya got freya got bone she got knifed she got moved out to the country in 2014 what, what does a hardened cat look like uh, I think they've eat, do, had taken a couple of spoonfuls of concrete and hardened up to take the old football parlance. Maybe she had the two tears under her she eyes. She might have had more tears. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. Tat- she had the prison tats. Yeah, yeah. She might have had some paint. Yeah. yeah, she might have been getting around looking like looking like Dusty Martin, yeah, right up the neck, or like that guy that was eating the maxi bonds. You oh, sent me the picture yeah. of the Facebook, uh, you know, the, yeah, the, guy, oh. the guy that had the tattooed yeah. eyeballs as well. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a good look, wasn't it? Now, now in 2016, a new feline neighbour, Palmerston, moved into the Foreign Office. Although known for getting along from time to time, the two cats have fought on numerous occasions. The leader of the house commented that he hoped that Palmerston and Larry would establish a modus vivendi, which uh, you'll remember is Latin for. A way of life, right? A way of being able to Ah. get along. But in July, Capa Diem. Well, that seized the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Way of life. I think, I think, I think Larry was seizing the day within by grabbing hold of Palmerston's ear. That's what. Um, That's what his tattoo says. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In July that year, Pat said, Palmerston might be the bug because Palmerston entered number ten and had to be forcibly evicted by security staff." Ooh, so what's that? They, what's that? They got they got a, a piece of cardboard trying to shoot, 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 shoot. Because it's ten Downing Street, all the cameras would have been there, seeing all these highly paid operatives shooting a cat out of ten with, Downing with a, Street with a broom, just trying get out, get out, get out. 
Now, things must have been pretty rough in the summer of 2016 because in 2016, um, there was a question submitted into the House of Lords as to why the government did not pay for Larry's veterinary bill for an injury picked up in a fight against Palmerston and whether the government would refund civil servants who had to pay for Larry's care. Now, Baroness Chisholm of Alpen, the government spokesman in the Lords, said the costs were met by the staff through voluntary staff donations due to their affection for Larry. So, tight as fish's bum holes, it turns out, the, the government. Poor Larry's been sitting there. He's caught six six mice in six years, and they, they can't find it to pay for his vet bills. Wow. They had to get the civil servants to fork out for him out of their own money. Now, let, let me, let me mate, if, if, uh, if the uh, Daniel Andrews yes. brought his cat into you and said, this is the cat from Parliament House. Yeah. Are you inclined to charge or would you possibly... Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd charge him, but yeah. I'd expect the government to pay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Expect all of us to pay. Uh, all of us to all pay. To pay. Yeah. Because if that if that cat has been doing its job at government house, it's a civil servant. Therefore, our taxes should go towards a payment of it. If Daniel Andrews snuck his cat in for two days, you know, bring your cat to work day and then brings it oh, in to me and yeah. says... Hey, now it turns out that this cat's a civil servant. I go, well, how many cats, how many rats has it actually caught, Daniel? You know, and if it hasn't been doing its its civil duty, then mate, you got to pay for that out of your own purse. So is that a tax deduction then for the government? Well, if, I, if it's you know, are you allowed that as a tax deduction? If you've got a cat that's specifically to catch mice and's caught six in six years, one one mouse a year, yes, is that a tax deduction? Well, it should be a tax deduction mm. for the government. I mean, surely they'd be able to deal with it. I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine. They may have gone to the Queen's vet, who, who might be more expensive than your run-of-the-mill, <laughs> you know, come in, we'll give it a, a, a long-acting antibiotic injection. <laughs> You're dropping names, mate. Oh, nearly. nearly yeah. but, we can oh, do that. Oh, we can oh, do that, can't I'm we? Just, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants here. We're not mate. sponsored by them. No, no. Um, you know, a long-acting antibiotic injection, anti-inflammatory, squeeze the pus out and say, see you later, mate, you know? Gee whiz. Oh, well, so that's interesting. Go, so go, Larry. Larry the le, Lazy Larry, the cat of 10 Downing Street. So Larry's still there, even though we've got another change of Prime Minister coming so up. So there'll be another change of Prime Minister coming up, but unless they are very much anti-cat, they will... Uh, because uh, the So generally, the, the chief mouser of the Cabinet Office doesn't change with... With the uh, the Prime Minister. Yeah, well, there you go. I didn't know that, mate. That's fantastic. Good yes. stuff. All right. Well, uh, maybe I've got a... I might... You know, were you talking Move about... on, you reckon? Or maybe well-known cats. I've got a little... Just a little... Just a quick article. Yes. Go for it. Uh, since, since the passing of Grumpy Cat, I've been following this quite yes. closely. Yep, yep. Uh, we've got Rest a, in peace, Grumpy Cat. We hope you found some happiness somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Grumpiness in heaven. <laughs> um, the, there's an article, The World's Wealthiest Pets. Right, okay. Now, forget Forbes ranking of the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. What about the richest animals? Yes. Uh, they put out the inaugural pet rich list. Right. The globe's most pampered... The fat cat rich list. Well, the globe's most pampered, pampered pooches, kitties, and even chickens. Really? Here are the top five. Right. Gunther the fourth. <laughs> Gunther, he's number one. Right. And what's it, Gunther? He's a German shepherd. Oh, right. I think that's a dog. Yes. Yeah. Dog? Ne I don't think it's chicken. Chicken? chicken? German shepherd chicken? I don't <laughs> think so. Net worth $375 million Holy crap. US. Wow. Not where, sure what that is in Madagascan. Where, where do you get that from? 
When Countess Carlotta Liebenstein of Germany died in 1991, she left her entire 80 million fortune to her dog named Gunther III. Right. Trustees of the state have done well with investments, which are now in the name of the next in line, Gunther IV. Oh, crikey, rightio. <laughs> the jet-setting dog owns villas in Italy in the Bahamas, and in 2000 got his paws on Madonna's former Miami Beach mansion for a cool 7.5 mil. Wow. Not surprisingly, he has his own personal maid and butler who serve him steak, caviar, and uh, and fish from Moscow. Yeah, well, uh, is it raw? Is it raw steak? <laughs> yeah, is there any chance of him getting TB? Oh yeah, no, it must be in America. It's in America, or oh, maybe it's in now, Germany Gunther. still. Yeah, he used to be in Germany, but he'll, he'll be he'll have he'll have you know speculative real estate options all around the all world. All around the world, just travels around. Yeah. Number two on the list, Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat, mixed breed. Yeah. million is worth. Then number three, Olivia Benson is a Scottish fold cat. Net worth 97 mil. Right. This adorable cat belongs to Taylor Swift. You would have known that. Why didn't you say that, mate? Oh well, because yeah, you know me. I'm I'm more in the '90s punk. You're the you're the you're the you're the yeah the Tay Tay. I've got young girls, mate. They yeah. love it. And I'm enjoying it too. But Olivia doesn't rely solely on the singer for her scratch. She and Swift team together on deals with Diet Coke and Kids. Oh, good grief! Not sure what Kids are. Do you know what Kids are? No, nappies. I think. Na- nappies. Oh, really? No, yeah, and nappies making... to put your cat in. Yeah. Yeah, cat nappies. Cat nappies, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. She makes frequent appearances. Ted the cat nappies. She makes frequent appearance on Swift social media, which has one hundred and twelve million devotees. Oh wow, yeah, that's a right few more than us. A couple <laughs> more. Number four is Sadie, Sunny, Lauren, Layla, and Luke. They're various breeds. Thirty million. These five dogs: Cocker Spaniel, Sadie, Springer Spaniel, Sunny, and Lauren, and Golden Retrievers Layla and Luke belong to Oprah Winfrey. Right. The TV host and entertainment magnet set up a trust fund in the amount in that amount for her pet's well being should anything happen to her. Oh crikey. That's a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of cows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and how are all the uh, how are all the poor people going in America and around the world? Oh. Yeah, you know, they're doing all right, are they? So thirty million, that's six million per dog. I couldn't do enough surgeries to make six million. <laughs> <laughs> What would you do? Oh, yeah, that wart's got to come off. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. incredible amount of money. Wow. Gee whiz. Oh, gosh. Uh, and then number five is Jiju, which is a Scots dumpy chicken. Right. 15 million. Wow, that's a <laughs> chicken. That's an expensive. That's, that's a very expensive. That, 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 that's an expensive. Uh, yeah, that's an expensive burger. Parmigiana. Yeah. <laughs> After retiring, British publishing giant Miles Blackwell moved to the English countryside to raise sheep and hens. When he died in 2001, he divided his $95 million fortune among a variety of charities, but carved out a $15 million for his beloved hen. And here you go. Talk about a coup. Hey! Oh, I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. So there you go, mate. Nice one. The, the pets in our world making fortunes. That's, that is ridiculous. And... You'd love to get the job of uh, looking after though, yeah, being being the person looking after that animal out on the farm because it's like, dude, all I got to do is just keep this keep this thing alive, and even then, if anything happens, I've got a shed full of them. You know, yeah, it's oh. <laughs> I just got to switch it out. Just switch it out. Yeah, switch, do the old budgie gas switch. The thing I wonder is, is the vets for these? They have a vet on staff. Oh, just constant care. Yeah, yeah. Where's that job? We oh, could, I could do that. You could do that. You can. You could do that for for um, von von Willenheim, the German Shepherd. Yeah, know, the, the fourth. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Gunther, 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 Gunther the fourth. Gunther the fourth. <laughs> Look, if you're looking for a vet, happy to help. Yeah, <laughs> happy to help. I wonder if they're in Australia. 
What would I be the most wealthy? Any... No, no. I can't imagine Gina Reinhardt's got a spoodle that needs to, you know. She might you know, have need, animals. Needs care. She, she might, may have. Might have animals. She get onto it. Do you reckon she'd have it in her heart to want to try and pat it, pat an animal? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Jeez, you're really slapping know, people down today, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing some shade over people today. Um, all right, well, let's head over onto the disclaimer then. All advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything or if we need any clarification. Fat fighters. Fat fighters, yeah. So just in case you're a, a German shepherd that's got $78 million or a chicken that's got $15 million or something like that, and maybe you're getting a little bit overfed, Lewis, you know, maybe you're a little bit too much of a, a good paddock, too much of an easy thing. Too much of the sardines from Moscow. Maybe, yes. Yeah, yeah Mokba. Yeah. You could be a, what was that? Mokba. 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 It's, well, in the Cyrillic, when you read Russian, it looks like Mokba. You're right, it does. Yeah. I can yeah. picture it in my mind. You can? <laughs> You've been to Russia? No. Oh, okay. No. Have you? Yes. Oh, nice. That's where we got it from. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Mokba. We couldn't. Oh, Deb, Deb knew the Srilik. Oh, she learned the alphabet, she alphabet wow. which is uh, really helpful when you're on the subway. And you stop. Is this our station? And it's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a sentence long. Yes, yeah, and yeah. And you're just trying to go... Station. Yes. Like, that's our station. Yes, and by that time, it's gone. Yeah, train, yeah, train's yeah. taken off again. And you've got to get out and get the train back again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. moves slowly. In, in, in Moscow as well, yeah. or in Russia, the uh, the, the metros are amazing. Just really? unbelievable. Everyone's like a work of art. Yeah, right. You know, I won't, go, won't bore the listeners too much, but the escalators are incredibly fast and incredibly steep. Yeah, really? And you get on, it literally jerks you off your feet when you oh, get on. Wow, and you really? go straight down. Straight on, you just hold on. Yeah. Yeah, hold on yeah. for dear life. And we were, we were charging the, the escalators one one day and trying to get it to a train, a train. And you know, in uh, in Melbourne, if you run for a train and so the doors about to close, you kind of can bang the doors and they'll open again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, oh, we're running late for this. So I've rummed in a bit of a hip and shoulder on the closing door. It wasn't going to open again. It's just slam shut on me. They, they gone, make those Russian trains pretty strong, mate. They were know? going. They yeah. were going. Yeah. <laughs> so there you trains go. Trains already taken off before the doors shut. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, that's, so that's obesity. Yeah. Right, no. um, <laughs> fat cats. Yeah. Fat fat cats and fat dogs. So um, there's a big issue with uh, obesity in animals um, in the Western world world you know uh partly because you know, we were discussing it a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the different ways in trying to feed cats um the fact that we are you know, our the food that we're feeding is highly palatable it's um it's energy dense um the animals like eating so they eat it humans feel good when we feed our animals so therefore we tend to feed them more um and if our animals aren't exercising enough for the amount of energy they're taking in that energy is going to go somewhere and it goes straight on the hips. So uh, a lot of animals that we see um, do have some amount of uh, extra weight, that they are, are overweight. So what we wanted to talk about was the different ways in which you, know, you can tell whether or not your your pet is overweight or not. So like it. Yeah. So um, for dogs, dogs are the easy ones. So um, what I say for people... and. There's, there's different ways of trying to measure body condition scores. So you know, some people do it out of five, some people do it out of nine. Which way do you do you fall? I'll just look at them and go, yep, it's fat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Is there a technical way? What's that? You tell me about the technical way. Oh, it's not technical. Using it's numbers. Just, That's interesting. Just basically pulling a number out of your bum. You know, go, it's really skinny, it's really fat, or it's fine, and then That's it's what either I do. in the middle or not. Okay, yeah. is my dog overweight? You go, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, <laughs> next one. Come on in. Come on in. Yeah. Yes, no, yes, 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 no. That's well, how the, thing, the thing that gets me is, is, I mean, I know the body conditioning score stuff you're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, I understand how it works and everything. 
the trouble I have is, uh, is, is most owners come in and, and they bring in the border collar and they go, oh, you know, he's 24 kilos. Yep. You know, uh, what should a border collie weigh? What should it weigh? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, well, no, it's really, it's like saying, what should a human weigh? Yeah, yeah. I'm, f- I'm 42 years old. Yep. What should a human weigh? Well, well, no, we're all different heights, sizes, everything. Yeah. So it's really an individual thing, but yeah. I guess that's where the body conditioning score that you're going to teach us about. Yeah. Goes. So I always say to people, weight's just a number. It all depends on how you wear it. Oh, so, oh, you know, no. just, just you're, a bit more goals. You're only as young as the d- dog you feel. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that, is that, no, that's, no, no, no let's cut that no, out. No, 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 I've heard a different variation of that. Yes, that's yes, what I was getting at. Yes, a different at. variation. Let's cut out no, that no, bit. Let's cut that bit out too. That's that, that's number three for the Patreon <laughs> listeners. Um, uh, so, um, so with dogs, um, the, the easiest way for dogs is if you can feel their, their last few ribs, you know, if you, if you can see them, they're probably too skinny. You like to be able to feel them underneath the underneath the skin, and you also like to be able to see a waist uh, between their rib cage and their and their hips. And there is a little bit of breed variation with that too. Like there are some dogs that are just ridiculously stocky. You know, there are some dogs that are just straight out, straight out, you know, flat. But most of the time, it's if you if you don't have a waist there, then you're probably a little bit overweight. And if you're going out like a bit of a pair because your waist's going out further than what your rib cage was, then Chances are, yeah, you're probably quite overweight. So, right. So, so what about the dogs that are big boned or comfortably plump? Yeah, or have a lot of insulation. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Or muscly, real muscly. Oh, he's a muscly dog. This one, he's yeah. really muscly. When you when you see a muscly dog, you can tell that they're muscly because you can see their muscles. <laughs> you can see the definition. When you can't see the muscle definition, yeah, that's not muscle. We've okay? heard it all, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the same amount of muscle that makes me have to go to the the wider spot on my belt. You know, um, <laughs> it turns out that's not muscle. Turns turns <laughs> out that that's uh, that that's that's excess energy that's stored there, Lewis. Right. Um, cats um, cats are a bit funny, don't you reckon? Where they store their, they often seem to store their fat in their big sort of dewlappy bit underneath, you know, like their big sort of wobble. Their belly that hangs down. Olive's got that. Pouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tends to. It's harder. To, sometimes harder to know if a cat's overweight. Yeah, or harder um, to see. And and so uh, you can. I mean, again, if you've got a waist and things like that with a cat, yeah, it's great. But often they will still have this fat sort of dangling down underneath. And the other thing then is too, like that's still just the the fat that you can see easily on the outside of the body. Like the number of times that we go in to do surgery on dogs and you go, well, hang on, there's a lot of fat that's been deposited down inside of this dog's um, abdomen. Um, you know, there, that's, a, again, other spots where the dogs can hide a lot of the fat too. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So what, what should people do if they've got a dog that's uh, that's been diagnosed as overweight? So if they're overweight, there's a, I guess... There are some conditions that can stop dogs and cats from being able to lose weight, particularly in dogs' hypothyroidism or if they've got low metabolisms, things right. like that. So an underactive thyroid, not, Correct. not, not working as well yeah. as it should. Which previously was the most overdiagnosed hormonal disease going around when we first graduated until we realised, oh, you know what, maybe that thyroid test that we're doing was a little bit rubbish. Yes. Maybe, maybe we need to be a little bit better with that. And I so think now we are better. That's common in humans as well, though, I think, that often uh, obesity is uh, put down to hypothyroidism as well. Yeah. Okay, Quite right. a common diagnosis. Yeah. Not that we're doctors, but no. it used to be all the rage, but I'm not sure it is so much now. Yeah. Certainly not for the dogs, definitely. No, no. So um, so doing some blood tests and getting a physical examination is a good idea because your pet could have 
arthritis that is slowing it down and making it not want to exercise as much. Your pet could have heart disease that makes you think, gee, we really need to get this um, diabetes un- uh, this uh, weight under control. Your cat could potentially be becoming diabetic from the fact that it's overweight. So there's a lot of things that would be worthwhile getting an examination and possibly some blood tests done and then going, okay, everything's fine. Now we need to, like, so, and then this is the, another one of my little stories I say to people. It's, it, it's like an engine. If you're putting too much petrol into the engine, it's got to go into storage. So therefore, you need to cut out the amount of petrol you're putting in the engine. You've got to rev the engine up a bit more. Right. So part of it is you need to restrict calorie intake. And so I think the best way of doing that is by actually weighing the food out. So not even measuring it, but getting digital kitchen scales and weighing it. So then that way you can make sure that you're weighing it to the gram of how much you're actually giving. Because it actually doesn't take that much to kick up the amount of food that you're giving an animal. Like say you might be trying to give them 30 grams. To go up to 33 grams... It's actually not that much, but then it's an extra 10% of the food that you are actually going to give them. So, so it can make a big difference. So get yourself some digital kitchen scales. Speak to your vet about what the best type of diet is going to be for your pet. One that's either going to be calorie restricted, there's some that's out there that claim to try and increase metabolism that in my hands hasn't been all that successful, um, but I know in other people it has been. Um, but you just want to be trying to get them onto something to get them into a negative energy balance. But con- uh, or the other thing then is you got to try and rev that motor up. So you got to try and get them exercising a bit more. So if they are arthritic, we've got to treat the arthritis. And you're not going to then go and start you know, running half marathons with them like the, the dog out in the Canadian you know, um, <laughs> marathon you know, the, that we spoke about in the previous episodes. It's a thing that you slowly start to exercise them, start doing a little bit of walking, Start with multiple shorter walks first. Um, with cats, like we were talking about the other week, feeding them around the house and using uh, using treat balls and things like that. Because if you're feeding them less, these animals have been used to eating a lot of food, so you're probably going to have to work out ways of trying to increase their satisfaction when they're eating. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you got your stuff about the, the fuel and the motor, mate. I love that. Um, yeah. I always just say to owners, oh, look, abs are made in the kitchen. Just abs are made in the abs kitchen. Abs are made in the kitchen, mate. Fantastic. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that the kitchen the kitchen furnace of the gym? You know? <laughs> no, abs are made in the kitchen. That's, that's what they all say, mate. Yeah, that's, right. That's, that's, you know, if, if you go on Instagram, it's all abs in the kitchen, mate. Right. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, I guess it's a bit of a facetious comment, but it is, I reckon, a lot to do with the feeding yeah, stuff. Right. I mean, you can walk your dog... You know, as much as you want, but if you're going home and then giving them that, that you know, piece of cheese or something like that as a treat in the evening, that just wipes well, that off that and, whole walk. And even then, it's a six pieces of cheese. Well, that's right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, it's you know, it's a bit of toast smeared in jam or yeah. French toast or whatever it is in the morning. I mean, that's all fine if you want to do that, but a walk's really not going to burn off that stuff. And that's, uh, I have a real difficulty, a lot of owners, to get their pets to lose weight it's a really hard thing to yeah, do i yeah. think so certainly if you're out there trying to get your pet to lose weight it is, is a really difficult thing and um you're feeding food can you know um uh, feeding with enrichment devices like you talk about are great yeah. uh, weighing the food's great often re- recommend to owners actually adding some fiber to the food yeah. it seems to help a little bit fill um, them up a bit yeah exactly so it might be like your pumpkin or raw carrot or some cucumbers or something like that yeah. just try and bulk out their stomach um, and and make them so they're not so they're satiated. Yes. Yeah. So they they feel good. They get that tingly sensation down their spine. A little bit more satisfaction. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could crumble the wheat, uh, the, the the fiber oh. over it. Yeah. You know. No, like this. Is that you rubbing the microphone or your head there, mate? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> No, no my head would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the microphone covers furious. So. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Oh, um, good. Uh, so yeah, so I think um, 
And the other thing then is, is monitoring. You know, you are much more likely to continue on doing what you're doing if you can see that you're getting somewhere. So go back in and see your vet. Uh, go, go back to the vet clinic and weigh it on the same scales. You know, um, or, or weigh them at your home scales, but set it up so that you can see the weight loss. Um, I usually get people to try and aim for 1% to 2% of body weight loss per week. You know, so I'm not trying to, you know, sort of have them lose a huge amount too quickly. So say if you're a, a, a five kilogram cat, it's like fifty grams, um, fifty grams per week. Right. You know? So you're not trying to you're not trying to pull their weight down too quickly because you don't want them to get ketotic. You don't want them to get sick from it. Yeah, particularly with cats, like if you make them lose weight too quickly, they can potentially get fatty liver. So fifty grams, that could just be a large stool, really. Uh, you always make sure after you make sure that you haven't been to the toilet with your first way in, but you have been to the toilet for your next way in, because then that makes you feel feel yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Or they could bring the the, uh, the the stool in a plastic bag and put it on the scales and next to them. Next year, just so, yeah. just in case. Just in case. I like that. They're yeah. skiving out a bit. <laughs> All right, good Fantastic. stuff, mate. So there you go, obesity. Check it out. Fantastic. All right, now we have got some mailbag, but we're running short on time, so we'll put this stuff. Uh, we've got three questions. From um, we got one from Julie Westwood on Facebook about a dogs eating poo and possum poo. Yes. Uh, what's what's a the, perennial what's the, question? Yeah. What's the skinny? What what goes on with that? Yeah. Uh, one on uh, from Karen Harduin on yep. Facebook um, asking about the life expectancy of a dog with life expectancy of a dog with diabetes. Yes. Really good point there. Yep. Um, she'll live forever, Karen. He'll be fine. All right. <laughs> Obviously, someone you know there. Good. And see, uh, someone cracks bear on Instagram. Asks, it's a, a bit of a weird question. Second opinions at the vet. Um, are they something that as vets we're... Uh, we see commonly or we're happy to see so it's a very interesting question that one you know and and one that um i think yeah is a is a very interesting topic to go over because it's uh you know i mean in any walk of life you know if you're not happy with what you're getting you know you want to know what are my options yeah i'm not sure if he's talking about we're happy getting a second opinion or we're happy with people going for a second opinion yeah but we'll talk about that on patreon Talk about on patreon so for 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 as little as two dollars you guys can get access to that and all the other patreon stuff that we've got go to patreon.com search for two vets talk pets sign up and uh we'll also send you a sticker yes so you can you know put the sticker on your car while you're listening to the Patreons. You do realise it's a couple of months worth of uh, Patreon support before we pay for the stickers, mate. They're, they're not cheap. They're not cheap, those ones. They're no, genuine. Gee, oh, yeah, that's right, though, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a happy man. You're up for yeah. it. All right, I'm up good. for it. And also, oh, thank you, too. We got a, a another review this week, a five-star review on iTunes from, I think it was Jess Daly. So thank oh, you, Jess. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about, and this comes a little bit uh, since my SBS uh, podcast interview I did the other week, oh, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah you're, uh, you're moonlighting. Yeah, still working on that. The contract's still in the works, <laughs> man, in the pipeline. Oh, so you're still just coming in here and talking to me just while, uh, yeah, while you don't have another option just yet. Yeah, that's right. The Patreon's yeah. supporting me for now. Yeah, yeah. right. Two dollars a month, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Until SBS comes in, but he, he wanted to call. Obviously, knowing I'm in my behaviour stuff, and we're talking about the book and stuff, and he was really keen to call me a behaviourist, a you know, a yep. specialist, and all that sort of stuff. And I had to go into him why I'm not a, a behaviour specialist, yes. uh, and uh, despite my vast, huge knowledge of behaviour stuff. Well, it's so much so you've even written a book. Hang on, you've even written two books. Oh, what, what are their titles, mate? Oh, uh, you know, you how, to, how to how to pet your you dog when it's hungry. Know. How to 
You, you don't know. know. How to scratch your cat's tummy Mate, and not have it bite it's you? It's been a year and I've been holding this book here for a year in my lap and you still can't read the title. Yeah, some, sometimes I'm just blind to what's right in front of me, Lewis, <laughs> you know. Oh, no, it's the smile, isn't it? <laughs> It's a smile, mate. So, look, I want to... Yeah, maybe do- just flick the pages for me in front of the microphone. Oh, yeah, that's ASM nice. Army, it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to talk about that next week. Why, you know, where, where all these titles come from. Um, and it was, that was also a little bit of Claudia was asking about that too. So, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. So, if you guys have got a question, please uh, hit us up. Uh, pets at gmail.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... Um, uh, anywhere else? I don't think so. I think that's about it. That's about that'll do us. Yeah, right? you can you can you can hire a sky rider and get him going through the sky if you like. That's you full know, on. Yeah, carry a pigeon. You know, if if you've got a fifteen million dollar chicken that needs you know, needs caring, um, I'm sure Lewis and I can read a book and work out how to treat your fifteen million dollar chicken. But is it nails trimmed? We'll yeah. be there. Oh, hey, and just before we sign off, so on Thursday night as well, so I've had this real musical week, went and saw this guy at Hearts. If anyone's looking for some um, a really uh, interesting young fellow who plays guitar really well, check out Hearts on Spotify, H-A-R-T-S. Um, he, at the Melbourne Recital Centre, he did uh, Jimi Hendrix. Um, and when he was done, he's, he's turned around, thrown his microphone there and said, peace out and walked off. Oh, that's mine. That's your line. That's my line. Oh my god, he's stolen it. Oh, we can share it. He's a he's a very talented musician. I'm happy to share it. We should trademark that. Oh, we should have done before yeah. that night. Yeah, Damn, yeah. Could have yeah. got cut from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do these chairs go back? Yeah. Yeah, mate. I'll, I'll show you later. On these things for 18 months. Yeah. Anyway, peace out, everyone. Scratch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.